This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Hey, this is a Future of What single. If you want to get the whole thing, visit our website at KillRockStars.com slash The Future of What. Support for The Future of What comes from Merch Table. Since 2002, Merch Table has operated and managed online stores for hundreds of successful musicians, record labels, comedians, artists, and small businesses. Big or small, set up shop today by visiting merchtable.com. I'm talking to Walt Lilly, who curates the Apollo Playlist series for Red Eye Distribution. Walt, welcome to The Future of What? Thanks for having me. So this episode, we are talking about the almighty playlist, (laughs) which is such a hot topic these days in the music industry. And I wanted to talk to you because you actually have the distinction of being someone who curates playlists. Uh, I guess you could say that, yeah. (laughs) So tell us about, you know, I mean, this is your actual job. This is part of your actual job. So it's it's not like you're a 15-year-old kid sitting at home making playlists in your mom's house. This is like part of your actual job. Yeah, that's it's part of part of what I do. I feel like before I was in this whole that that was kind of my mental image of the whole thing where it's like you'd see these playlists with like these massive followings and you'd think it was it's just some kid who was making something like this in their basement and it just happened to pick up traction and now that this responsibility has fallen into their lap. <laughs> yep. But but now being here it's like you kind of you kind of see how how things get from point A to point B, you know. Well, how do things get from point A to point B? Do tell. Well, so I am kind of the project manager of Apollo Playlists, which is our, our little playlist brand. Like you look at Topsify and Digster or what have you. And the the thing that, that was a learning experience for me was seeing like who has stakes in each of these sort of brands, you know, mm-hmm. like it's not, it's, they're not quite happy accidents. Right, right. Well, because those ones that you just mentioned, those are owned by the majors, right? Aren't those playlists that are specifically? exactly? Yeah. So now you guys are a distributor, you're an independent distributor. So that's a little bit different than being a major. So how did these Apollo playlists come about? So when you look at these playlists, when everyone's kind of got like a game, they're playing with each of the services, you know, it's like the hot button term. I feel like I heard so much two years ago was like best practices for all these services. And it's like you're kind of playing along with what they like to see, you know. Mm. So there's something going on behind the curtain, you know, it's like so I, I work for Red Eye Worldwide. We're a, we're a distributor. And so like we are. We are the stake that is behind Apollo, you know? Right. Like, the way I, I try to see it is we're, we're kind of playing the game to make good playlists that people who are on Spotify or want to listen to, the kind of thing that Spotify will look at, think they're doing a good job. They're doing everything that, that we're doing when we're promoting our own playlists and working within the system. But then at the same time, we're also trying to, like, push the artists that, that we're working on, artists that we believe in, and like kind of creating a, a good experience that both benefits us all. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's a question that I had for you. You know, how do you balance the content, you know, between bands that you're pushing yourselves? Now, granted, a distributor like you guys, you you work with 
How many labels? A lot of labels. We work with a lot. I can't I can't even remember what the number is right now. It's over a hundred, I think. Oh, it's something like that. Oof. Yeah. It's it's a lot. And so it's not exactly, you know, to say you're pushing your own artists from your own labels, that's not a small number of bands. That's not like you're pushing six bands. <laughs> that's, that, absolutely. That's like a very a very large number. But like, how do you make those decisions about how much content should be directly from your labels and how much content should be from other places? You know, stuff that you just heard that you like, that you believe in, that you're excited about. I mean, you know, just how do you make a balance that feels organic and, and real? So, so that's one of the biggest challenges with this kind of thing. Our process, when we usually, we, we kind of do this on a month-to-month basis. We look at our monthly release schedule, like right before the start of each month, me and a team of like a handful of the curators that we have. We pull up the release schedule and we just kind of look at it and we're like, all right, we're going to skim this. We're going to mark down the this, this stuff that like we, we know we're really kind of rallying behind and where we, we know we can find a good spot to put this in. What, what we really think is going to go places. And then we're also going to kind of find stuff that, that might be slipping underneath our radar. Because I would like to say that I listen to every single thing that Red Eye works on, but that's there's simply not enough hours in the day. And there's a lot of stuff. I try to get like a wide swath of people that are working on this who are like keyed into the stuff that I'm not, that I'm not listening to. Right. And so we, we, we just sit there and we just kind of listen to what what we've got going on and then and then write down and plot it out for the the month ahead. And then in addition to that, I kind of find people who are really big heads about the specific genre or everyone says genre and mood, but you know, it's right. like we we work a little more around genre than mood, but it's you know. Yeah. I understand. Mood is such a big thing especially on Spotify with, you know, all the whatever and chill playlists, you know, you kind of have to take that into account for sure. Oh, yeah. Which is like even that we have a handful of playlists that are kind of in in that vein that we just kind of lump like they they say they say chill, but it's like is what is, is that like ambient? You know, it's like it's all buzzwords, you know? Right. Well, and that's another question. How many playlists do you guys have? How many Apollo playlists are there? And how did you decide like what to create? So when we started this, it was kind of a big experiment that we were just doing, just to throwing as many ideas against the wall. We all sat down in a big meeting and just blurted out like, think of some buzzwords, you know, like chill and unwind, party, et cetera, et cetera. And then we made a whole bunch of playlist right then and there when everyone was excited about it and we saw what stuck and we started out with a whole bunch of playlists that had pretty corny names you know like we had one that was like freaking weekend or something which i think we've deactivated <laughs> at this point if you're still following freaking weekend out there i'm i'm sorry but i don't i don't know if we're still <laughs> keeping that one but we've been focusing now on kind of just cutting the wheat from the chaff on that and getting a more core group seeing what people naturally found and gravitated towards. Like we found a lot, like the the reason why we've moved more in the genre direction is just because that's like what we individually managed to get more of a random foothold on. Like we've got an indie pop playlist that I don't think we put any advertising behind really, but it naturally found a bit of an audience. And that's kind of what we've moved towards since. Interesting. Gosh, with, with the number of, I mean, one of the coolest things about Red Eye is the diversity of genre of your labels. Like you guys are not like a metal distributor or a EDM distributor. Like you have incredible labels sort of all over the map. Oh yeah, and I feel like we're very fortunate 
yeah. for that for this particular project. It definitely is kind of interesting, though, because it gives you a challenge for creating these playlists. Yeah, but, and it's, it's nice having that wide of a pool, but it's also like you, you want to have focus on each individual leg of it all. Like, I, I feel like something I've done is like, I was like, like I'm, I'm kind of like a, or a rock guy and like, we're trying to get some hip hop playlists going, you know, and I'm trying to make sure that we're getting as much attention across the board, you know? Definitely. So how much of your, I mean, this is, this is of interest to me. How much of your time does it take to curate these playlists? Like how often do you switch songs? How does this work? So usually what I tell people is take a look around like every two weeks or so. Like ideally we have a few playlists that we update each week individually, like uh, like Friday new music. Friday is when we do a whole bunch of I have, I have very busy Fridays. But around two weeks is, is for the vast majority of what we do is like, hey, just doctor it up, pretty it up, add a few more, keep it current. Because, you know, like the thing Spotify and everyone tells you is, you want these to be living entities. You want people to come back to them so they're not just going to sit in their libraries if they're following. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, the thing is, I've been thinking about starting a Kill Rockstars Spotify playlist. I mean, we have a couple, but like I'm, I've been thinking lately about sort of becoming more active in the curation process. And honestly, it's really daunting because it really seems time consuming. Yeah, because <laughs> like, it's, it's the kind of thing where you're like, I, I know if I'm going to start this, it's like I can't just be excited about it for a month and then forget about it. Exactly. once like other more pressing things happen. And you're like, oh, man, I'm, am I going to be like as plugged in the new stuff that's going on in like two weeks when there's a million other things going on, you know? Yeah, but it's. That, that's that's the hardest thing because like I, I talk I talk to a lot of like labels particularly about that kind of thing and I'm like if you guys are really gonna do this like you're excited about this now but there there are things beyond the the next month when you've got all these ideas for the playlist you know well and that's I mean you know maybe you can speak to this because this episode that we're recording this interview for we also spoke to Garrison Snell who runs the crosshair company, mm -hmm. which, you know, connects musicians and labels with influencers, curators. And then we spoke to Sherry, who, who wrote an article in Forbes magazine about sort of the economy of doing this right now. That's like playlisting is, is becoming such a big economy. And one of the things that they both talked about was the importance of compensating curators and, and influencers, you know, because basically it's like we're at a point where this is such a big deal that people need to actually get paid for their time to do it because it's so time consuming. It's just like we were talking about at the beginning of the interview. It's like if you were just a kid in your mom's basement obsessively doing this, you know, a year ago or two years ago, that's one thing. But nowadays it's such a big deal. It's like you kind of need a salary <laughs> to do this. 100%. Like it's, it's a major amount of time. Yeah. To, to do all this. Like like something something I, I have a lot of trouble because I'm the only guy where it's like it's my main it, it, it's one of my main focuses. It part of my job to work on this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of just like asking everyone else who who I know would do a good job at this to kind of donate some of the time out of their day to do this. And a lot of times they have to bow out. Right. So it's like it's a weird thing that like it, it takes so much time. Out of, out of everyone's day to make this happen. But it's, but it also like, I feel like it seems disposable from the outside mm -hmm. where it's like, right. oh, people are just, 
making their own little private DJ sets. They're just plugging songs together. But there's a there's a lot more to it, especially over time. Yeah, it, it makes me remember like the old days back in the day of like making mixtapes on cassette for like somebody you had a crush on or like your best yeah. friend or something. And man, you know, those things took hours. <laughs> Yeah, because you were putting thought into it. Forever to do that, yeah. Yeah, Because you were trying to send a message, you know, if you were letting someone know how you felt. Exactly, I know, and it's funny. You're like, how's this transition going to sound? Right, because we think with, like, the digital environment that it's so much easier now, but it's honestly, it's, like, really... Because then you get into it and you start thinking, like, oh, wait, does this song really go with this other song? Like, what what if, you know, am I trying to say two different things? Like, you get really in your head about it. You you have too many (laughs) options. You got the paralysis of choice. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God, it's crazy. So the other thing that came up in my other two interviews, which I think is ironic and, you know, interesting all at the same time, you know, this is a a podcast about the music business that is really focused on trying to help artists understand how they can make a living in this changing economy. And what's springing up with this interview series is there's this whole other group of people out there who are now making money. (laughs) Yeah. being influencers, creating playlists. So I feel like the takeaway of this whole episode should be, hey, musicians, while you're not in the studio or while you're not writing songs or while you're not on tour, maybe you should be curating playlists on Spotify so you can make some extra cash. Yeah. Wouldn't wouldn't that be nice if we could all just get that job? It seems nice from the outside. Right? But isn't that interesting that it's like, yeah, we've created another niche in the music industry, but not for musicians. Yep. Like another income stream, but not for musicians. Yeah. Yeah. It's ironic. And and here we are. Seriously. So how long have you been doing these Apollo playlists? We started it about two and a half years ago and about two, like we, we, no one was really super in charge of it. It was just something that we were all kind of chipping in on. And then two years ago I took over Mm -hmm. and, and became the project manager of it, overseeing things. And did you answer this before about how many songs, like... Because right now on the new and fresh playlist, I see you guys have 47 songs. Mm -hmm. Like, is there a number of songs where you're like, okay, that's too many or that's too little? Yeah. So, so with that playlist in particular, new and fresh, that that's, that's like kind of our, our biggest one because it's, it's kind of just a straightforward new release playlist where we, we like place all of our digital releases for that week. In addition to anything else that's, that's non-red eye that whoever's running it that week just, just likes and wants to add to pad it out. So a lot, a lot of that, see, it's, it's sort of dependent on what the what the new release schedule is that week. But I try to keep it around like thirty to fifty. Okay. I found I've I've because like with that one in particular, like people follow it on Fridays. It's a new music thing. Like people are looking for what's 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 out that week. And usually when it's not super bloated, I found a little bit better results. Interesting. Close to the thirty, it's a little bit more digestible. I think. Gotcha. Okay. That is interesting. Yeah. Because I want, I mean, you know, playlists have that unlimited quality to them, but I think you're right. If I think if I went to a playlist that had 200 songs, I'd be like, oh, well, <laughs> I don't know that I have time to yeah. to really listen to this. But but like at the same time, it's like a lot of people, everyone consumes these sort of things differently. And I know that like some people just jump to it and hit shuffle on something. And maybe what they're looking for is one of those nightmares that's like 3000 tracks, you know? Do people skip songs or do people who listen to playlists just really listen straight through? Like, what would you say you've noticed? I've noticed that a lot of people just listen straight through. Like, I feel like the person, like, because to me, and at least least the way I, through my 
view of it. The the playlist listener is is usually like someone who's who's there to uh just kind of have it on as like like the what what's probably like passive listeners and active listeners like 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 you and I oh, are lean like, back listeners yeah. yeah like you and I are like music nerds or whatever and we and we pay really close attention to all this stuff but like a lot of people are just don't have the time to to do that kind of thing right and a lot of times that's what the that's what the playlist listener is is that kind of person yeah and and you and that's where the curatorial artistic angle of it comes from you want something that all flows into a nice experience for that particular person and that for, for that particular kind of thing, that's that that's what I find land more when you're approaching it from that kind of angle. Definitely. So do you guys have any plans to create a new Red Eye and Chill playlist? We, so we got something that's kind of already like that. We have a chill and unwind. <laughs> I was kind of joking, but that's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, everyone you know loves the word chill on Spotify. It's so funny. I love it's that. One, it's one of the big ones. Yeah, seriously. Well, Walt, Lily, thank you so much for being with us on The Future of What today. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks so much. Long-time listener, first-time caller. (laughs) Awesome. Did you like what you heard? Then subscribe to The Future of What, and thanks for listening.
just what we're paid It's a hard country we made That was Fit Against the Country by Horse Feathers.